Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. How you doing? This is the spot, the place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Today we have Anna Game Lapata. Back down in Australia. You guys, I told you I'm gonna buy a condo down there or something because I just love being down there with those Aussies. They're good people. Uh, she's a very transparent woman. She says it's just gonna be a very open and honest conversation because she's a writer. But not only is she a writer, she is a woman that is a lesbian. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that and what is the culture down there uh, and the treatment of people in the LGBTQ uh, community. In Australia, I remember when I came there, it was just right before I think that you had got legislation to uh, make things legal. So it it was a tough go at it. She's a Jewish woman. I want to talk to her a little bit about what's going on in the world right now because it's a lot going on, and it's unfair to both sides. Uh, mental health, her challenges that she's had and what she's overcome. So let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Anna? I'm great, thanks, April. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, I gave a brief introduction, but I'm sure there's so much more to you. Tell my brains, where do you show up in the world? Where do I show up? Well. The way I want to show up in the world is a person of compassion, uh, a person who has come on a long journey from being a child. Now, we all know that we grow from being a child to to an adult. But when I say become an adult, I've come from a, a childish adult, being a childish adult to an more an, an, an adult that uh, is able to to love other people to uh, engage with other people and you know it is my wish to contribute to society that's that's what drives me and uh, in order to do the, that you have to take on adulthood in a new kind of way you know you have to take responsibility for who you are and how you show up you have to embrace integrity uh, you know to understand what works in what you're trying to achieve and how to achieve what you know, to be resilient um, and, you know, what habits you need to put in place and what what actions you need to take. So that's what I've been learning. I'm on a long learning journey so that I can um, become the person that I want to be and show up in the world as someone who contributes and has a lot of life. Right. Because life is not, uh, you know, it's the journey. It's not the destination. Once you get that's right. it's pretty much over. And there's a lot going on. So let's dial back a little bit. Um, Let's start with your humanity and sexuality. I know when I came uh, to Australia, it was maybe two years after the legalization of same-sex marriage here in the United States. And when I came to Australia, I think that you guys were in the thralls of that. 
was that uh, was that challenging? Because I know that it's it's still challenging here too. They're trying to roll it back, but that's not going to happen. Was that challenging for you? Or are, are people um, are they with it now? Is it okay to be you know same sex marriage? Or is there bullying? Tell me a little bit about your experience. What's going on there? Yeah. Well, when I came out as a lesbian, uh, there was a lot of discrimination against lesbians and gay men. There, you know, there was things like you couldn't visit uh, your loved one in hospital if they were sick. You know, if you you weren't regarded as a next of kin, you didn't get their superannuation. All the benefits of marriage were denied to you, of course, um, and you were not really. You, there were several. There were several legal constraints, and there was a lot of. Uh, I didn't directly experience bullying, but I I had lots of friends who shared with me their experiences of bullying, and I know that people did. And I was sort of my my experience was sort of a little bit more out there, I guess. You know, people yelling at you out of the car, and that's you know you're walking down the street with your partner, and they yell at you something you know insulting. So that was sort of what my experience was. And uh, so, um, but then. Um, the marriage equality came in in the last couple of years and the campaign was pretty nasty uh, it was there was a lot of uh, homophobia homophobia uh, in the media and from from uh, you know people who are expressing their views on social media and I was really quite um, downhearted about it I really was nervous and I thought that it wasn't going to happen. I was completely surprised, completely taken by surprise that there was a yes vote um, and that we we achieved um, marriage equality. It's it was it was such an, a momentous day for me. I I, I remember thinking, oh, I can't believe it. You know, it's it's we're finally able. And you know, over that time between when I came out, which was in the 1980s, late 80s, and um, the the time now, but in in the twenties, the twenty twenties, when um, the marriage equality bill came in, um, most of those other discriminations, you know, in, in in the legal world, you know, in the financial world, were also removed. Well, so they, uh, removed, they they haven't removed the one for the First Nations people. And I no, they I haven't. Stand, I stand with them. Okay. Oh. My family is Native American and I am a black woman in the United States. And for people to come and disrespect you, uh, deny your heritage, deny your rights on your land, um, there's plenty of space for everybody. I just don't understand it. And yes, I said it, brain, so get your head around it. Uh, it's not fair. It's not right. Let's talk about what's going on in the world today. Okay. Same thing. I love my Jewish brothers and sisters, but I also have compassion for the Palestinians. The people that are being killed are probably not all belonging to the opposition. And they are going in there with might and they are mowing them down. And it is absolutely heartbreaking. Do you have family anywhere there? Or what? what is the climate? Is there compassion for people uh, of the Jewish and Palestinian faith there in Australia? Or people just kind of stay neutral on that? Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, I don't have any family that is direct to my blood, but I consider every single human being in Israel and the occupied territory as my my sister or my brother. They're my family, all of them, every single one. And it is heartbreaking 
and I am truly um, uh, absolutely disappointed by the bipolarization, by the binary position that people, positions that everybody is taking. Uh, in Australia, you're either you're either a pro-Israeli um, and you support Israel, or you are a pro-Palestinian and you support um, the Palestinian people. There's a lot of misinformation, there's a lot of propaganda, and each side accuses the other of being misinformed, and each side thinks they it's are right. What gets me, Anna, is that it's like me here in the United States, you know, civil rights. I'm a child born in the 60s. Civil rights was handed to me. I have, you know, people have said off-color jokes or said things that, you know, I lie. And believe me, I check their ass. Okay, so I don't worry about that. I can take care of myself. But I don't like how these things are generational, epigenetics. Mm. This did not happen yesterday, and I get this. And so we are going to continue to have that same mindset. I look at our political landscape. You've got, we've got a president that's in his 80s. You know, more power to him. But we're talking about millennials that are working from smartphones, that want electric cars, that want uh, climate conditions. They want all of these things. That is not what these people are, are about. And yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know what your spiritual belief is. But every book that I have read, every religious doctrine, Number one, wants us to love, wants there to be peace, and is saying the same thing, that we are living in the last days. And I know there's something going on in Australia because I feel that when I talk to my brothers and sisters down there, I'm closer to the earth. I'm closer to the core. I don't see a lot of religious doctrine. I see more of spirituality. And I tell people all the time that that's where you need to ascend to. That religion's doctrine, it's like a roadmap. It's to try to get you to a certain destination. Are you seeing that? Are you feeling that? Where do you, you see us headed? Are you worried? I'm concerned. I'm very worried. I'm very worried because I think uh, that uh, religion, I all power to people who um, have faith. I totally respect everybody. I'm a person of the universe. My spirituality I see my spirituality as um, I see myself as a, a, a citizen of the universe and all of it in, as part of all of it. And, you know, I, I have a, a genuine love for all people. And I understand that all people are not the same. And I understand that some people are violent. I still have love and compassion for those people. And um, I don't believe that our religions well-intentioned as they are have the right um have the right focus for for what we need today for example if you look at the conflict in the middle east and if you look at the, the um the the actual methods of conflict resolution that that are have been looked at today such as you acknowledge each other you acknowledge one side then the other you talk you negotiate, you, you state your position, um, you are authentic to each other, and then you ask them what they want, what can we do? That is a process of conflict resolution, which is, which is not on the table 
in no, a in a government and situation. And, and, and here, it hasn't been. And here, you know, okay, do we support them? Let's give you more money to do more damage. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's yeah. let's let's blow up hospitals. Let's blow up a, a concert. People are there on vacation. Let's hold you hostage. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just I don't understand it. But you know what? It's a day of reckoning. Everybody, yeah. they're in charge right now, but they're not. And the financial aspect and impact that it is putting, you know, I never really kind of understood that. Uh, and I was talking to my husband about that. Okay, so you support someone in war and you tear up everything that they have, but then you go and you give them this uh, this aid to build back. They will never be back. Then you've got refugees. Uh, and immigration. They have nowhere to go. Here, I live in a border town, San Diego, California. People cross the border. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm saying, okay, can other countries share in the wealth? Because we can't afford to take on that. But I have to look at these individuals that have been displaced from their homes. They had schools, they had friends, they had neighborhoods, they had homes, they had cars, they had jobs. They were going up on up uh, upon life just as normal. And now everything has been disrupted. What is the capacity that we have and what is the responsibility that we have as human beings to support them? So that's a big question there. And all of that um, lends on your mental health. Mm-hmm. These, people mm-hmm. are, these people are devastated and the communities that they come into are devastated. You had a challenge, you know, with the, you know, with some challenges with mental health. How did you find your awakening and your calling just to say, you know what, I need some help. Um, I've got some issues going on. How did you recognize it? And what did you do to make yourself feel better? Mm. Well, um, my mental health, um, I, I realized that I needed um, some support with my mental health because I'd always denied it and I'd always refused to accept it and acknowledge it. You know, uh, it was too much of a shame to to say that you had mental health. So I first realized when um, I got in an argument with my then partner and jumped in my car and tried to hurtle away down the street and I realized I had to pull over the car because I realized I was going to do damage to either myself or someone else and I realized that this is not normal, that what, what I was, what I was, my, my response was not normal. So, so I was diagnosed with um, anxiety disorder and depression at that time. That's over 20 years ago. And since then I have been medicated um, for both. So the approach that, um, the, the approach that I took to mental health, to solving my mental health was a combination of, uh, of psychology, psychiatry, those sorts of things. And, and those things helped helped a lot, and uh, I was I was fine with that. But really, the thing that helped the most um, was self development. Um, the The work that I do with um, Landmark Landmark um, is is a global company. It's in the United States as well. It's a self development company, and the tools that I learned with Matt Landmark made me realize that there was a lot of uh, blame and shame going on, both for myself and for the for other people. So I think as human beings, we spend a lot of time both blaming ourselves and telling, make, you know, we call it making ourselves wrong, like 
doing a lot of hating on ourselves and hating on ourselves also comes out and we hate on others you know as well I'll hurt people hurt people and, and exactly I, so exactly uh, well number one bravo i'm proud of you um sometimes people have these amazing breakthroughs i've had you know professionals on my show that use emotional freedom technique hypnotherapy uh i heard sometimes with people that really really have some deep issues they're using ayahuasca plant medicine or they're mm -hmm. using shock therapy i couldn't believe mm -hmm. that one of my guests told me that they still use that now that's those severe cases but here in the united states they don't give you time to breathe you'll see a lot or you'll hear a lot in the news that people are going rogue with automatic assault rifles in a concert, in a grocery store, in an elementary school. I just don't know. Uh, and, and mental health is tricky because it's not something that you can see. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can see that people are uncomfortable in certain situations, but you might think they're just having a bad day. You really mm -hmm. don't know how intense it is. But brains, if you feel in your feelings that something is not right, know that there is help. Know that there are people that care about you. Just take it one minute at a time. Find some help, get some answers, because a lot of times people will self-medicate themselves and that makes it worse. You have to work with a trained professional there are a lot of people that care about you. If there's someone that's abusing you or mistreating you, there's ways to get out of that as well. So we encourage you right now, we speak in existence and love over your life, that you find a way out and that you ask for help because there is help out there. Your yeah. money, you know, your money will make you go crazy too. <laughs> you, work in the, you work in the field of finance. How did you find yourself in the financial arena? Well, I was working in the media and I wanted to be a writer and a lot of the work that I was doing in radio uh, wasn't providing that kind of opportunity. So uh, I applied for a job uh, as a journalist with, um, a, uh, with, a, with a finance um, company. It was very new in those days. It wasn't really a company. It was sort of more like a website. It was just back in the days when websites was just growing and I... Uh, this this guy was doing um, you know uh, on the on the on the stock market. He was like interviewing companies on the stock market and doing all the money you know doing all the money reports and everything like that. And uh, I would interview those those people who were who were um, floating their companies on the stock market. And uh, so that's how I started. And I moved from there into doing uh, industry writing for various industries. I wrote for a logistics. Um, supply chain I did farming I did packaging <laughs> and I did all sorts of different industries and farming was one of my favorite ones because uh, I love I love my food and uh, and finding out um, how these farmers were reacting to uh, the, the the need to make our, our soils more fertile by creating new types of machines to roll up the soil and get more bacteria and fungus into it and it was really really fascinating and uh so and then from there I just moved into uh that that job wasn't digital enough because you know as, as the digital came age came I decided I wanted to do some more digital work so uh I ended up with a wonderful company uh, which is actually a not-for-profit, I should say. It's a membership organization for the insurance industry uh, in the Asia-Pacific. 
and uh, we cater we we basically our revenue line is creating online um online courses for people in the insurance industry and my role is to write uh about the trends in the industry to interview some of the top professionals uh to and you know so i i look after the website and the magazine which is now online started as a ordinary you know paper magazine but now it's online and here in the united states too when it comes to insurance uh you will find that they are using uh, insurance products to save to invest you know uh long term so yeah. it's a lot going on but you have to know again what you're doing insurance is there to offset your losses and your liability mm. but it's a gamble you know i know a couple of insurance companies that have pulled out of california because of the wildfires mm. so intense here that they don't even want to cover or they can't afford to cover the losses that people experience but you are a gambler you really are you have been a risk taker you've taken a risk on your your health uh you've taken a risk with being exposed to uh discrimination you are a woman that is free to speak about the love of your culture and your people. Uh, and then you've worked in the insurance industry. What is there to write about? You're also a writer. What do you write about? Ah, well, there you go. I, the, the, my love of writing really extends when it comes to uh, fiction. I love fiction. And uh, I love to create create stories. And I also, because I've got the journalistic skills, I love to write stories about uh, the people that I love. And I recently wrote the life story of um, one of my friends who sadly died of um, cancer um, last year. And I promised her that I would write her story. And this story is going to appear in an anthology of stories about Jewish, and it's a, actually a Jewish anthology. And we have a library here in Melbourne that's gonna that funded it, and uh, that is a Jewish library. It's called the Lamb Library, and it's gonna publish that anthology, which contains the story of my friend um, in that in their collection. And it's also going to appear in the Victorian State Library and the State Library of Canberra wow. in the ACT. So um, that's very exciting. That's my first um, publication of my work. And I'm very happy that she was able to be uh, included in that collection of stories because it's also a LGBTQ plus story. It's a story of a, a woman who is a lesbian woman, one of my friends. And uh, she was a most amazing woman who worked in disability, in communication, people. She worked and created uh, solutions and um, ways to help people who can't speak, you know, either for an intellectual reason or for physical reason. Wow. But uh, also yes, for heart-centered reasons, because there are people that are afraid to speak. You know, again, because of the conflict that's going on in the world, people don't want to identify with who they are. I know my mother was very, very fair-skinned. Uh, and so I used to say, Mom, did you used to try to pass? Uh, and she goes, if it was to my benefit, yes. So people shield their identity. They hide behind this mask of who they are to benefit themselves or to protect themselves. So whenever you are able to speak freely, write about it, uh, you are opening a doorway, a pathway. You're giving a rites of passage 
to someone else, to another gay lesbian woman that's Jewish, that's mm-hmm. going through the same thing, that may not have family support, that may be in a marriage that they're not, you know, that they're not happy with. We're trying to uncover and discover who they really are. And I think mm-hmm. that all of that is amazing. So let's ask you some fun questions. How about that? We done went. Yay. Heavy, okay. Uh, <laughs> if uh, you could time travel anywhere, any period of time, where would you go? Would you oh, gee, that's a tough one. I think I'd go to um, ancient, the ancient world. I'd go to a world where there's still um, the, the, there's still worship of, of the mother, the mother goddess. And to find out what that was like, to find out because that was a time when women were very powerful, and it was so you know they were more powerful, and they they when they started to be suppressed, they were not suppressed in that in the way that they became after. And to learn all the different healing processes with herbs and and you know the the ways of, of thinking, and just to to learn what that time was like it would be wonderful to do that that's another story I'm writing about I'm writing a story about that particular time it's sort of the the bronze age we call it the bronze we call it the bronze age prior to when um, Judaism became like a one a one god religion when even the Jewish people were worshipping the mother goddess and and they probably weren't they called it idolatry because that was the case and there were several other gods as well right, so right, 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 around. Right. so yeah they called it idolatry but in um one of the main aspects to that um worship was that it was a worship of the mother goddess and not the father mm. so um i think so, i would go to um, the future i think i would go to like 3000 3010 you know i'm a space cadet i want to you know i want to see what's happening futuristically i want to see what the, the style is what they're doing with their hair you know what kind of music they're playing you know what's intellectually stimulating someone in that that era if uh you were an appliance in the kitchen what appliance would you be i think i would be the the gas stove what gas stove a gas stove i think i'm a little bit um old-fashioned but I've got a lot of fire in me and I'm easy to like all you have to do is put the match to me and I'm like (laughs) I'm full of inspiration you go from a flicker to a flame right exactly from like nothing table kitchen table I'd be the kitchen table because that is a place of gathering that is a place of conversation that is where you're seated. That's where you eat. That's where you're relaxed. And that's where you can do some crafts. <laughs> yes, I totally identify with that as well. Sounds wonderful. What yeah, I love the kitchen table. Pardon? What planet are you from? Oh, gosh. I think I'm probably from, um, I've always loved Saturn. I think Saturn because it's the most unusual planet. And I think of myself as being quite different I've always thought of myself I'm different from everyone I'm different from all my family members Um, and I feel like I have a way of thinking you know there's there's like a circle around me my circle around me is my people who I love and my um, who who I communicate with and who support me Uh, and they're also 
a very wide level of thinking. It represents the people around me and also a very wide and beautiful level of thinking that takes in everything, all sides, all thoughts. You know, it's a beautiful. it's very wide. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I think I'd be from Jupiter. I like all yeah. the rings. I like all the energy. I like the fire. I like the change. I like uh, the frequency. So I think that I would be pretty way out too. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? Definitely a cat. A cat. Cats, yes. Cats are kooky. They are communicative. They are affectionate, but they are also resilient. And they are beautiful. They are elegant. Uh, but they also, as I said, they they are hilarious. They have a great sense of humor. Mm. Um, and they um they love they love their people they love their people with a passion um that is not always well have understood. a great sense of independence and i can see that in you uh, you know they don't have to be uh they can be alone by themselves and they be okay just give them the necessities of you know the food and the water and the litter box <laughs> and everything else comes naturally to them and i like that but they're also a little bit of a predator. Do you see that in yourself? Oh, yeah. I like to go after what I want. But, you know, I would take issue with you about um, they are independent. There's no doubt about that. They they can be alone for a little while. But in general, um, I certainly, all the cats I've ever had get terribly upset if you leave them alone mm-hmm. for very long um, and they start getting anxious. Um, and they I had one that would sleep underneath the sheet like she'd crawl under the sheet while I was away because just trying to find some scent of me you know and to stay safe so but yeah and and the predator in them um I also see as a sort of a a play like certainly uh, a cat will its nature is to hunt and I think the human being's nature is to hunt as well looking for um, looking for fun and thrill and also obviously to survive. So um, I don't begrudge my cats that, but because they're not hungry, they they generally just play with their prey, which is a bit hard to take. That's the one that's a bit hard to see. And I usually try to save whatever it is they're, 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 cats. they're after at that particular time. I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's, I that's I'd right. I'd be the party animal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd be the one that, you know, I'm that girl I am that girl if you had three magical wishes Anna what would they be first thing I would wish for is uh, peace on earth peace second thing I would wish for is an end to violence um, especially violence against women and the third thing I wish for is an end to um, discrimination and hate. And um, I think that go hand in hand with that is, is education. I think experience and education, I would bring on experience and education for everybody um, so that they can um, get a sense of the wider world around them, you know, and connect people to each other so that they can see we're all people. Well, some that's three. I had I'd love to have five wishes. Can I have five or ten, fifteen wishes? <laughs> you know what? Again, I believe in abundance. I was just yeah. talking to a, I was at an event earlier today and I was just talking to a young woman there about manifestation. And I, you know, she's got these big 
grandiose ideas. And I said, be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. Everything mm. we ask for is not meant for us. You have to learn how to edit and filter. You have to learn how to figure out what's valuable. You have to realize that some things are not for you. They may be placed on your plate, but you don't like them. Mm. What are you going to do with that? And also how you process information is very important. You know, do you give yourself some time to take a breath, to analyze, to put someone else's feelings? You get into an argument with your partner or whatever. I've been married 39 years to Mr. Magnificent. And when I have a disagreement, after I, you know, calm myself down, I think about it. Okay, was this the intention? Did they misspeak? Did I provoke? What was my contribution to this as well? Mm. And mm. then I can go back and I can have a, a, a valuable conversation. And I think that is what has allowed us to sustain this relationship for a long time. Um, but he always says, you know, a happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't even get, you know, get into it that much. But we all get into our feelings because that's what makes us human beings. That's what allows boundaries and judgments. Are you good with boundaries? Well, I think I could be better with boundaries. But um, what I am really good at is recognizing when my feelings, uh, when I don't want to listen to my feelings, when I have a feeling and I know that that feeling is not based on a reality that's going on, you know, and I want, I need to ask myself what really happened what really did they mean? Just like you said, you know, with your husband, you need to say, what was the intention? And um, so I'm good at saying to, I'm good at saying, um, please tell me what it is that you meant by that, or right. what it is that's your, what is your commitment, you right. know, because uh, if for me, you know, my commitment is always love, but you, you know, being human, you get triggered by things, and, you know, you will forget that that's your commitment. <laughs> I, yeah, well, you know, and I tell people, yeah. I tell people, honestly, 110%, there's conditions on my love. There's conditions on my love. And so I know they're going to pull me to the side and say, you know, before you get up in here, <laughs> before you can ascend, April, we, we got to have a little talk with you. But I look at it. Um, that's not that I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to disrespect you. I'm not going to honor you. But it's not for me. It's like pickles. I can't yeah. stand pickles. I don't like them, so I don't eat them. But mm. if you come to my house and you want a hamburger with pickles on them, I'm going to go out and get you the best dill pickles I can find. Mm. Because it's not about me all the time. Yeah. It's about me. It's definitely about me. When it's about you, absolutely. I'm your team. You know, I'm on your team 110%. And people don't allow that. They don't allow you space anymore, Anna, not to like something. If there's mm. something that you don't like, it's okay as long as you're not bothering somebody. But I'm not going to force you to uh, acculturate, I mean, uh, to assimilate because that causes assassination, assassination of your character, of your, of your values. And it's very important that people allow you that space. Don't bother people. Mind your mm. own business. How about that, Brains? Mind your business. It's not, uh, it's not up to you, but what you can do is you might open yourself up to a conversation because there's always something to learn, even from opposition, even from the adversary. Why do they feel so strongly about that? There may mm. be something that we're missing because yeah. we're, we're so righteous, self-righteous. Mm. 
So I think that you are wonderful. I think that you are smart. I think that you are a little bit of a kitty cat uh, that could be on a hot tin roof or a stove. And uh, you are absolutely wonderful. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, Anna, and how to you know work with you. Look forward to your upcoming book and the anthology. Uh, as soon as that comes out, you're going to let me know. And we are going to run the promo for that because it's so important to get the word out, to get the story out, to allow people space, capacity, understanding, and wisdom, but mostly love. How can they share in your love? Well, uh, the best way to contact me is via my email address. And that is a game Laparta, which is one word. So it's a G A M E L O P for Peter, A T for Tom, A. And then it's just at gmail.com. So a game Laparta at gmail.com. And if anyone would like to write fictional stories about strong Jewish characters, I'd love to do that as well. Yeah. That would be. That would be um dynamite to be in an international anthology brains that's some big stuff because you are worldwide and that's what we want to be we want to be global citizens we want to be citizens of love of care of compassion and we're going to start right here thank you so much for being on the edge with me Anna. let me find my postcard so i can tell people where we are we're right here on the edge and what i need for you to do sweethearts is i need you to love like share and subscribe love like share and subscribe go in leave anna a note leave me a note show your support show your love show your encouragement or ask questions there's no harm in asking a question there's no dumb question only dumb question is the one that's not asked thank you so much for being on the show with me come back and see me promise i promise thanks so much april it's been wonderful chatting with you you're awesome i oh, love your show thank you so much that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Reigns.